Let's go. Welcome to the Poptimists. Today we have Josh Norfleet returning to the show. <laughs> You've been on a bunch of times now, Josh. I think this is... The fourth? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Fourth or fifth? You're definitely the person who's been on the most. Really? Yeah, you're the number you're the number one guest, yeah. So in the Poppinus Podcast Studios, there should just be a, a picture of us just like, hey, I've been here more times than anyone else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well you your band did win twenty eighteen live band of the year. That's right. We no name blues. We appreciate that. The yes. check should be arriving in the mail at any time. Yeah, so. it's uh, <laughs> it'll get there, you know, it's uh, it's caught up right now in the mail probably. <laughs> right. I already put it out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, But thank you dude. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah of course man. We uh it was a good year. We uh finally was really to adapt in Nashville as far as Playing out and really, you know, getting to know enough people to where we able to go just do all sorts of different things. Yep, it's been fun. You've been hustling, playing all over town, playing yeah. playing gigs out of town. Yeah, we are this upcoming Saturday. We will be in uh, Birmingham. I'm sorry, upcoming Friday we'll be in Birmingham, Alabama. Which what's the date for that? It is Wolverhampton. What is today? Today is. The 27th. January the 27th, so that is the 1st. February okay. the 1st. So this is going up on the 29th. So boom. Perfect. Um, so February the 1st will be at, it's called The Knicks, is what it's called, and it's in Birmingham, Alabama. There's a couple of other bands that's going to be there performing, and uh-huh. it'll be our first time playing in Alabama. I've never played in Alabama, have you? Really? No, I've never played in Alabama. Um, I haven't been to Alabama since I came to Nashville. I drove through it. Once when I was a kid. That was the only time I've ever been through Alabama. I would go through Alabama to get to Florida. Yeah. I haven't been to Florida in a really long time, but I don't know if I want to go back to Florida because of all the crazy news stories that I see. All the Florida man news stories? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's 100% Florida. Dude, I was fucking born in Florida. Really? Oh, yeah. I've always been deeply ashamed of that. <laughs> You ever think like, if anything bad happens to you, you're like this is the Florida that they oh, <laughs> absolutely, dude. I, Florida has been a cruel mistress throughout my entire life. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because um, I I had spent like my childhood down there. What part of Florida? South Florida. Nice. Which is his own country, bro. Really? Oh, dude, South Florida is a crazy fucking place. I'm sure there's a lot of... Uh, Miami is there. Miami, yeah. Miami, like, it's just, it just all fucking stems from that, dude. Mm-hmm. A lot of Columbia people. People from all over the world. Really? Oh, yeah. And everybody's angry in Florida. Really? Yeah. I Well, if you really think about it, it's a, a place that indulges in, like... Like the of the pleasures of life, right? Because I, I feel like that's everybody's a, burned out and hung over all I, the time. Yeah, I feel like that's where you go to retire. You know yeah. what I mean? That's where a lot of people go to retire. Um, that makes sense, though. They just they move to Florida and they just burn out. You know? Yeah. Well, it's too bad. But I haven't been to Florida in a long time. But every time I go to Florida, I feel like I enjoy it. 
What part of Florida have you, have you been to? I have been to Orlando. I have been to Clearwater, um, Cape Canaveral, to places like that. Do you know Ben Luchka? I don't. Ben Luchka, uh, he played on that song Gina Gina Gina. Okay. And he used to play out a lot at the jams when he when he lived here. He had um, he had like a ponytail back then, but he, he doesn't. His hair's not longer anymore. He cut it, but um. He played this really rare Gibson guitar. Was it it's, a Les Paul? It wasn't a Les Paul. I was no. going to say, if so, I, I think I might know that guy, but he's kidding. He, um, he played like this ES-171 or some shit. I think they only made like 32 of them in 2003 really? or some shit like that. I don't, I don't know any of that, that, that exact... I, don't, I can't remember what the model is. Right. But I, I don't remember what exactly it was, but it was something like weird details like that. For sure. Um... But, yeah, he lives down in Florida. Mm -hmm. That's why I brought it up. He lives in Gainesville now. Okay. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of uh, grand history from old Gainesville, Florida. Dude, there's a... Yes, there is. Yeah, a lot of musical history. Yeah. Uh, Tom Petty. Tom fucking Petty. Uh, Don Felder. Don Felder, the Allman Brothers. The Allman Brothers. I feel like there's, like... They may not be exactly from that area... I feel like they might be more like Georgia. But just like, I feel like all of those bands like semi-knew each other. All those bands yeah. from the South. Like a Leonard Skinner. Uh-huh. Um, bands like that. Leonard Skinner's fucking good, dude. Amazing. I watched a documentary about them. Uh, I forget what it was called, but it's new and it was amazing. Uh-huh. And Leonard Skinner kind of gets this bad rap, bro. They it's do. Like, it's unfair. Yeah. It's from Alabama. It's just, but in all honesty, those dudes could fucking play. They could play. They were fucking amazing. They were all amazing guitar players. The songs were catchy. The, the amazing piano solos is grooving. You know what I mean? But they've always kind of got this bad rep, in my opinion, of, you know... Just a couple of songs that... Rednecks. Right, Rednecks, exactly. But in reality, the guys were geniuses. And that documentary, I felt like, exposed that. And they really liked mushrooms, too. (laughs) I'm sure they did. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) I'm sure they did. You can't jam on Freebird and not be on fucking mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah, how else could he have not done it? Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Devil's Rejects? I don't think I have. Oh fuck. Okay. Well, I was gonna, I, I can't really give it away, but the final scene in that movie uses Freebird and it's fucking incredible. When uh when I think of Freebird in movies, I think of uh, Forrest Gump. Have you ever watched that movie? It's been really a fucking long time. Um the scene where uh Jenny is, you know, she's doing drugs, she's being a you know, hang out crazy people and partying and being a rock star and she uh like just is in the hotel and like acts like she's going to jump off the balcony uh-huh and free birds playing and it's like like the solo the <laughs> yeah yeah and it's very intense you know what i mean it's like such an intense moment in that movie and that's when i think of free bird i always think of that it really is a good song it really is There's a, good song. a lot of people who treat it like a joke, and I just don't get how shit right. gets treated like a joke. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. It's such a random song. I feel like to even be picked for that because it, 
It's good. If I, if I didn't know that song and no one told me about it, right, and I just discovered it today, it would knock my fucking socks oh, off. Sure. I'd be like, holy fuck, listen to this musicianship. This is incredible. They're really mm-hmm. feeling it. You know, it's one thing that I've noticed. Uh, there's a lot of people like that that are even out now that's like, if people knew that I listened to that, they'll think I'm weird. You know? And one of those people that I've always thought of is Harry Styles. I've, Dude, Harry Styles is fucking good. He's amazing. I have really dove into his first his solo album. It's good. And it's like he came out of California in 1977. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It is some super West Side soft rock, and I love it. He is very smart, like, by choosing to go that route. For sure. He, he decided to go 100% just, I'm authentic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do all of my interests in what I'm into musically. For sure. For sure. But it, it, when you think of, like, Harry Styles, they go in one direction. Yeah. Young teen girls screaming and just, like, something I don't want to be caught listening to. But I really dove into the man's music and, like you said, his approach to it, I, I yeah. really love. Well, he was just like, okay... I'm here now, I'm going to have a fucking music career, and I'm legit. Yeah, for like, sure. fuck One Direction. This That's basically what, the yeah, vibe I was getting Yeah, from for it. sure. It's like, like this that, this is who I really am. Like, yeah. I was a kid, and now I have the money to do whatever the fuck I want. So this is how I'm going to do music. I fully respect it, because... Me too. He's, he's awesome. going to keep getting more and more interesting. For sure. I agree. And I, I think he's really talented. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things that I'm like... Uh, somebody like see that Harry Styles is on my uh, recently play. They're like, "Are you all right?" But I, I don't care. When I sh- <laughs> when I show people, like in the past, when I've showed people the Harry Styles, they're like, "This is really good." Yeah, yeah. It sounds like something that could be played on Lightning One Hundred. Yes, I agree. I feel like uh, it definitely meets meets a lot of those vibes that Lightning One Hundred plays. You know, what was your favorite song off that album? Carolina. That might be my favorite song, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. I really like For the rocking ones. Yeah. Because it's like half rock and half acoustic song. Yeah. Uh, Kiwi was cool. I really like that. Um, that was a good one. Oh, I believe it's called Three Ghosts. Is that... Is that... Cr- Two Ghosts? Yeah, I think so. Two... It was more of a, like, an acoustic song. Mm-hmm. Like Sweet Creature was, was really cool. That, that gave me, like, a... Uh, it gives me... His music really gave me, like, a... A 50s Beatles Rolling Stones vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And when you see him live, too, he kind of like has this Mick Jagger look. For sure. And uh, it's very cool. Like you said, it's rock and roll. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's playing it in an arena. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Yeah. He did a tour uh, with uh, Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. I love Casey Musgraves. I've only heard a little bit of her, but what I've heard, I, I always thought was good. I will say that she, as far as like, since in country radio, she does not get a lot of love. She gets hardly any love. Especially... I'm when, already interested. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she reminds me more of, are you familiar with an artist named Margot Price? Yes. She reminds me of a Margot She opened Price. for Jack White when we saw him. Yes, yes. And yes, yes, yes. We, we went to Jack White, which was amazing. That was a great night. It was a wonderful night. I don't think I've been on the uh, the podcast since we went to that. No. Jack White was rattled my bones, man. He was good, dude. 
I really enjoyed that concert. I did too. I at one point I ended up walking out. I don't know if you remember yes. that. The lights got way too fucking intense, dude. Yeah. It was too much, it was man. An intense moment. <laughs> that, that, was, that was like cocaine rage. That's right. what Jack White is live. <laughs> dude, he um, when he first came out, I was just like, "This is so rock and roll." So each time that I play a show with No Name Blues, I want to like go up to Kirk's drums and randomly just like kick uh-huh. stuff up or just jump into him, just because I don't know. He gave out so much energy when he came out. Right. Off the deep end, right? When came <laughs> yeah, it's immediately it's just like <laughs> it was that song over and over and over from his new album, mm-hmm. which is a pretty sick riff. That yes. Oh gosh, yeah, amazing night. But Casey Musgraves really reminds me of Margot Price. Uh huh. And I would say when she first came out, she was getting a little bit of radio airplay, but um, was for example the Grammys coming. She's nominated for Album of the Year. I saw that. And, I saw the Billboard. Mm-hmm, and she is getting as far as like I feel like in the industry sense, um, this record that she has out now is is doing very well for her, and I I think it's awesome, and I think she's only going to go up. That's cool. Hmm. When I worked as a country DJ in Indiana, I, I played a couple of her songs. This song called Biscuits. Mind Your Own Biscuits and Life Will Be Gravy. That was the hook. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like a song called Follow Your Arrow. She does sing about like trailer park type things, though. Her <laughs> first album definitely is. It's definitely talking about living in a trailer park, but it's very uh, authentic sounding. If that... If, it reminds me of like a Margot Price. Uh-huh. Um, I really, it's really cool to see those types of country music artists, you know, do well. Like be nominated for album of the year, like Sturgill Simpson uh-huh. being nominated for album of the year for his record. And man, that's just so cool to see. It. <laughs> I remember when that happened, and it was like Drake. Beyonce, Adele, and then everyone was like, who the fuck is Sturgill, Sturgill Simpson? Simpson? Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait until he releases more music. I'm hoping that's this year, dude. That would be awesome to see. Because I, uh, I always dive into uh, the Sturgill just well, man. And just listen to all of his music and really just dive in. Because it's awesome. Have you seen him live before? I never have. I saw him live at the Ryman. Oh, I bet that was for amazing. a Sailor's Guide to Earth. I bet that was amazing. It was really good. I got way too hammered that night, though. <laughs> I was drunk, dude. I was drunk as shit that night. Oh god. I drank way too much. Yeah. So I I had to like walk out of there. I was like not feeling well. It was stupid, but what I remember of the show was incredible. So he did. Uh, just like a normal set mm-hmm. with all of his songs, all of his old tunes, and then he came out and did a second set, and he played a Sailor's Guide to Earth from front to back. Wow, that would have been amazing to yeah. see. What's your favorite song off Sailor's Guide to Earth? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I really love Sea Stories. 
Space Stories is probably one of my favorites. And it's funny because it's a classic Nashville country song in a lot of ways. It's a, a country song where you list off all the places that you've been. But he uses all Southern Pacific places and like fucking Japan and right. all these uh, all these different islands and shit that he's he's been to mm-hmm. and different ports he's been to all around. It sounds like Southeast Asia or something like that. Right. Which is not your typical country song. You hear a country accent saying all these Japanese places. Right. And he knows that, dude. He's a smart fucking... He's a smart songwriter. He really is. The great tradition of great songwriters. Mm -hmm. Sturgill Simpson is there. 100%. And I really enjoyed um, Metamodern Sounds of Country Music. That's a great album, too. It's but All of his albums. It's just like, man... I really like his music, but I'm really hoping to see artists like Sturgill, Jason Isbell, Casey Musgraves, Margo Price, just all these, like, what they call Americana. Yeah. I really like, even if Americana, like, the genre itself becomes a forefront, I just really would like to see that music be appreciated into its highest potential, you know what I mean? They are Nashville's artistic vein. For sure. <laughs> for country music. For, exactly. Real country music, the tradition. They understand this town. Mm-hmm. And they appreciate this town. And they, and they celebrate it for what its truest roots are. Mm-hmm. They, are they are a continuation of the tradition. I have this theory about musicians that we're all largely traditionalist. And we pass things down from generation to generation musically mm-hmm. and every generation changes though right if you look at all the different musical changes that happened throughout the 20th century really we only have knowledge of the 20th century and what it sounded like yeah that is true man and music vastly changed from the point of the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, is each decade, there's someone else that's kind of like just revamping it, you know what I mean? Just uh-huh. changing up the game. And I feel like well, as far as country music, that's just what's going on right now. That's just music in general. Rock music is like that. Pop music, rap music, it's different than what it was years ago. There's definitely like what you said, there's traditional things that still take place in some sort of way, I guess, yeah. in some cases, but it's really what we're seeing in that aspect is it's just evolving. That's just what it is. It's evolving, and that's what people are, are settling with. Do Can we like it? We don't have to, but if people are enjoying it, then who's wrong? You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. Well... I also like to think about different times in human history because really, human human beings have existed for a, a long time now, and music true. has been happening the whole time. That is true. From the beginning of our existence, I'm willing to bet that cavemen were just banging on drums for sure. At the bare minimum, the world, uh, what is currently going on in the world, I for sure. Uh, Makes music sound like that, you know yeah. what I mean? I, uh, one thing that I've really been noticing, man, I, I listen to this song, uh, John Bellion is the artist, are you familiar with him? 
I think that's what I'm yeah. saying. I think I'm saying his last name right. He, he released that album, Human? I Maybe. Or something like that. He, uh... My, my girlfriend, Becca, really likes his music. And she showed me one of his songs last night that's talking about when the internet came about, everybody became famous. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's true. And wow. It, yeah, and it really hit me, man. I was like, wow. I was like... There are some people who I don't think should be allowed on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But it made me think that it's... Everybody has the equal capability now. Yes. Yes. And not everybody can handle it. And not... No, not everyone can handle it. And I don't think people realize how powerful they could be. Yeah. How easy it could have. I mean, just think, man... There are people who like will send out a tweet and it'll be really funny, and several thousand people will you know retweet it and favorite and look at their profile. Then there's people like want to give you money now because there's so many people looking at your thing for advertisement or you know what I mean. It could be anything like that. Or the other thing that happens is they say, "Fuck you! We want to make you lose your job." Right, and exactly that. The too. mob, dude. Exactly that. What say their employer sees that and they're like. What your tweet is, we don't agree with that. Get out of here. Pack your shit. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm sure that's happened to people. It's definitely happened to people. Or they just, like, they see that that's happened to them, and then they go back and they just get all this old dirt. It's like, it's, I feel like that's the world now, bro. You like Public outcry. Mm-hmm. If they... If people really wanted to find some dirt on me, like find something stupid that I said on Twitter, because I definitely, when I first got Twitter and was I was in high school, I was definitely saying dumb things in high school. How old were you, do you think? I was 16, 17, probably, when I got first got Twitter. And I definitely was saying a lot of dumb things <laughs> when I was 16 or 17. Like any 16 and 17-year-old would, I guess, you know? Will people grade that on a bell curve one day? Or do you think we should grade it on a bell curve now? I think... I don't know, man. I definitely feel like how big it is now. Because if you think about it, we like grew up into it. You know what I mean? Painfully so. Painfully so. I feel like we were right at the edge. Yes. We were right at the edge of... Like my little sister, man... Is constantly on Instagram, constantly on Twitter. She lo- is addicted to social media. And I feel like social media really, like, there's good things about it, and there's also really bad things about it. <clears throat> like, I really think it's cool that I can get on there and connect with family members that live so far away or see what my best friends are doing back in Indiana with just a click of the button. That's awesome. But there's some people that they look in social media and they see all of these people that, oh, they're living this wonderful, luxurious life. And then they feel like, man, I'm, I'm missing out. You know what I'm saying? They are on social media constantly because they feel like they're missing out on something. And it's sad because... They are. In reality, you could, that's something within themselves that's bugging them. And when they look on social media... They think these people, oh, you're living this wonderful life. They have no idea because they don't know them. You know what I mean? It's so easy to fake a wonderful life. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, I know people that are, will post things on social media that are like, man, they look like a real rock star. And then they realize, like, they're living, they're living in their car. 
You it's a saying? very common thing. It is. To want to appear a certain way on online. It's like the Brad Paisley song, Everyone's So Much Cooler Online. Yeah. That's a great song title. It's a wonderful song. I'm a, a big Brad Paisley fan. Fact or fiction, he retweeted you playing guitar. That is a fact. There was a fact. He, uh... It was... What year was this? This was like a couple years, two or three years ago, maybe. And, uh... He had a single out on the radio uh, with Demi Lovato. Uh, called Without a Fight. <laughs> was it a good song or a bad song? It was okay. I, uh... But he tweeted that he... He's like, guitar players, uh, make a video of yourself playing the song and send it to me. And when I read it, he, like, just said it. And so I, like, went and got my guitar and learned it real quick and sent him a video, and he quoted it, and he said, I was a show-off. It was the funniest thing in the world. I, like, fanboyed for just a slight second. Oh, yeah, of course. How old were you? I was, like, eight. No, I was more, I was probably 21 at the time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I was 21. Well, that's pretty fucking exciting for 21. Yeah, it was cool, man. I, uh... He was definitely, like, a, a childhood hero of mine, for sure. My very first concert I ever went to was Britney Spears, but... Uh, it's Britney, bitch. Yeah, that's right. But I really, uh... The very first concert that I went to that I, like, fully remember and, like, really dove into was Brad Paisley. Um, and that's when I, when I saw Brad Paisley, I was like, I want to be a musician. I want to fulfill... Fulfill this dream, you know what I mean? I want to go out and just try to do this. Wow. Brad, uh, Brad Paisley was one of those for you, huh? Yeah, he definitely was. Um, Brad Paisley definitely uh, what got me into playing the electric guitar, too. That and uh, my cousin Tristan, he had an electric guitar. Mm-hmm. And he just brought it over one day, and I also fell in love with it that way. And... I started listening to like, cause my my dad my dad's taste in music was bluegrass and country music, and for my mom I would get uh, like classic rock like Fleetwood Mac, The Eagles, um, Elton John, you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Tom Petty was really big, and I started listening to classic rock and learning like how to play Sweet Home Alabama, uh-huh. and, uh, learning how to play uh, Brown Eyed Girl, you know. Because I always you played bluegrass music and country music, um, and then I start playing that old rock and roll. Fact or fiction, the first time you played electric guitar on stage was on a cruise ship playing for a band of... Malaysians? <laughs> no, I think they were in Philippines. Philippines, yeah, okay. I, uh... It was on a, I went on a cruise, man. It was, it was the best vacation of my life. <laughs> Easily, like, there were so many things that happened on that vacation that just made it so memorable. And one of the, the highlights of the vacation was this band uh, called Music Asia, is what they were called. <laughs> it was just a group of dudes in, like, they were probably in their 40s and 50s. Um, just pros amazing dude uh, they sang all classic rock songs and 
killed every one of them. It yeah. was amazing. And I remember there was a club, like a teen club. I was like a sophomore in high school. And there was a, like a teen dance club on this boat. And I was like, you know, doing my thing, hanging out, you know, talking with people. And my, my, the people that like ran the club, like came and got me. They're like, your dad wants you. They're like, <laughs> so my dad was like, why are you cramping my style? Like, what, what do you need? And he's like, you got to come see this. And he takes me to go see Music Asia, and I'm like, no way. And I was so glad that he came and got me, because um, I started talking to him, and he's like, come by tomorrow, they told me. They said, come by tomorrow and when we play. And so we went, and uh, they invited me on stage, and I played Pride and Joy, Stevie Ray Vaughan. It was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. It was, uh, I, f I forget the guy's name. But he was a wonderful guitar player, and he sang. He sang, and I played. And yeah, it was the very first time I've ever played electric guitar on a stage. What kind of guitar was it? It was a Japanese Stratocaster. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's a good first guitar to play. Yeah, man. I uh, I had a lot of fun. I uh, I grew up having like a. Uh, I always had Stratocasters. I had like a Blue Squire as like my first electric guitar I ever had. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, that's where it all Squire, goes. Squire, dude. dude. People like they see Squires, and they think it's like Leonard Skinner, bro. They think that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They see Squires like I. They're like, oh, squire. you're playing a Squire. squire. I've played some great fucking Squires, Me too, bro. Man. I've played some. Really I've owned good some good Squires. Yes. I've owned multiple Squires, <laughs> right? okay? And I don't even give a fuck. I'm not ashamed of that right. whatsoever. That yes. those are in my price range. Right, bro. right. There are some really good squires. <laughs> I had this vintage vibe jazz bass. Oh, it, sick. It was the first jazz bass I had. Do you, were you familiar with that line? Do you remember that? What color all? was it? Olympic white. Mm -mm, and it had the, the, the tortoise pickguard on it. I don't think so, at least. Lacquered neck. You know, the, the, like, uh, like my bass has now. For sure. That nice, smooth neck on the back. Mm -hmm. It was a good bass. Um, eventually I got that 65 jazz bass that I owned though. Mm -hmm. And that became my main bass for a long time because I owned a fucking 1965 Fender jazz bass. Right. Man, it is really just what I've learned, uh, from my buddy, Tommy Kenny is how, what you do to the guitar is what really could make what it is. You know what I mean? Like a it's all in the hands. It's dude. all in the hands. Uh, when you play, when Taylor Berryman's playing on a really shitty, like, Walmart guitar, no matter what, it's going to sound a little bit like Taylor Berryman. Yeah, you for know sure. I mean? That's, that's what a true, a true player is. I remember when I was, uh, working at a guitar store, these guys would come in, they'd be like, well, I want it to sound like fucking Eric Clapton. <laughs> <laughs> when we all <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> and they think it's the fucking guitar every right. time yeah that is strange isn't it yeah it's so weird it's like no dude it's the amount of hours that they practice right and the fact that they just develop their own sound that's all really being a musician is you should have told me the amount of drugs that they've done <laughs> yeah you're not, you're not doing enough coke to sound like Eric Clapton yeah I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's so true yeah that is funny. I wish I worked at a guitar store. I never did. It was awesome. I, uh, I'm sure it was awesome. Was there ever, like, those kids that, 
like how it is at Guitar Center, they would just rail on a guitar <sighs> super loud and they'd be out of tuned and you're just like, shut up. <laughs> there, there were never really kids that were like that. It was a lot of adults. Yeah. Because uh, it was a, a really high-end guitar place when I worked at, at Wildwood. Oh, cool. And they had a lot of nice stuff. I'm sure. So, kids, they, they have, they have like a showroom and they had a warehouse. So, of course, like kids would come in every now and then to the front of the store. Mm-hmm. But in the back, you know, they had like fucking, it was my job there to go and get those guitars. Oh, wow. And to like look for, look for all these old guitars and I inspected them whenever they came in and I would basically have to go run over and get whatever the requested guitar was and, um, I got to play so much nice shit. Dude. I bet. That's a really good company. It's it was an amazing place. It was stupid to be able to work there. I was twenty twenty one when mm-hmm. I was living out in Colorado. And it was an incredible education. That's really I, I find it awesome how much you enjoyed your job. Because yeah. I feel like not a lot of people are doing it was a great place to work. Um, I, I, com- from the perspective of a producer, mm-hmm. one of the most valuable educations I ever got was working at really? Wildwood Guitars. Oh, fuck yeah. Wow. Because those sales guys are experts at everything. <clears throat> yeah. So they basically, as, as like a sales team, there is, everybody has their specialty. There's like a guy right. who does all the classic rock stuff and like the shreddy stuff and the Eddie Van Halen fans come to him. Mm-hmm. And then there's the guy who is like the Bob Dylan fan and he likes the doors and right. he likes all that stuff. And then there is the guy who's the metal guy. Of course. The metal guy. Yeah. yeah. And they were all representatives of of that kind of music just like in the That's way smart. that like, like it's a genius. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that like they were they were true experts and they know a ton about music and they were really good at it, man. It was just so great and they they taught me so much. Mm-hmm. Again, it was it was musicians, dude. I worked with all musicians. Right. And everybody who worked there was a musician. That those were like the only people that were employed there. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. I uh... fuck Guitar Center. I mean, straight up, but <laughs> I will say, I uh, I did purchase something from Guitar Center recently, because it was a gift, like I, I received a gift card for the holidays, uh-huh. and um, I went and got a uh, a way huge Aquapus delay, analog delay pedal, and it is dope, I really enjoy that little, uh, little guy, he's fun. What what is it makes it different from other like delay pedals? I think it's the actual like uh, has a lot to do with like the circuit inside of the pedal itself and digital and analog has different sounds obviously like analog is more warmer. Mm-hmm. Um, then what I really like about it is it does this crazy like feedback noise fucking alien sound uh-huh if you like turn the delay up all the way and then the feed they have a feedback knob on it and the feedback is how many repeats the note does and if you turn it all the way up it like feedbacks in the pedal 
and makes this crazy, like, clicking, crazy noise, especially when, like, you move the delay knob back and forth, like, and just change the time of the delay. Who are some artists that have used this? Do you know any songs in particular that has this delay on it? Um, I know that Brad Paisley uses a way huge aquapus. Uh, John Mayer uses a way huge aquapus. Say no more for Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, uh, I watched a rig rundown from, uh, it was like a really old rig rundown of John Mayer. Uh, and his, who knows what he's got now? Yeah, who knows what he has now? I'd be very interested to see what he's playing with uh, Dead and Company. He really embraced the Jerry Garcia style guitar. I don't think that there could have been a better person for that job. No. You know what I mean? And everybody hated it when mm. he got announced. They were like, oh, John Mayer, what? We don't even. Bodies of Wonderland? <laughs> you know what I mean? You can fucking play though, man. I've, I've said it a thousand times. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of John Mayer haters out there still. There's a lot of John Mayer haters in Nashville. Yeah. Which sucks because I love John Mayer. Dude, he's good as fuck. Dude's dude. amazing. And occasionally he'll go on Instagram and he'll post uh, videos of him like giving like a lesson or just like, check this out, I've been learning this. And like, it'll be some sort of like, Jerry Garcia voicing lick, you know what I mean? You know how like how crazy Jerry Garcia's voicing is. And he's oh, like just yeah. explaining just how like it has to be this perfect touch of just melody, you know what I mean? The guitar just is singing. Have you gone down the grateful dead rabbit hole yet? I haven't. I uh I jammed to a back a great uh, a backing track. I forget what the back uh, mount. I want to say mountain jam. I really don't know if that's what it's called, but there. That's the uh, the Almond Brothers song. Right, right, right. I then uh, that's definitely not it. I'm I forget what it's called, but it is the Grateful Dead, and I I was like was jamming to it, and I was like I really need to get into this rabbit hole. And plus, my cousin Tristan, he's always. Tell me, like, you need to listen to more Grateful Dead. He's really into Grateful Dead. Really? Mm -hmm. He really likes the Grateful Dead. So I, I definitely need to go down that rabbit hole. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. You're going to really get into it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I enjoy jam bands. I've... They were the first real jam band that I got into. I was never really into it before mm -hmm. them. I didn't really understand it. Mm -hmm. But they fully just got into the music and the aspect of playing music. Mm -hmm. That um, was the only thing that guided them was the actual playing. Mm -hmm. They were not trying to necessarily have careers. Right. They, they were just trying to play yeah, as much as possible it. all the time. Yeah. That's really cool. I was, was in a, a jam band-esque type thing. Um, we were a southern rock band called Flying Blind. And it was kind of already like... Great Southern Rock Band. Yeah, and it was spelled like Leonard Skinner, like F-L-Y-I-N-B-L-Y-N-D. And uh, there is an EP out on Spotify and iTunes. I'm not on the EP. It's an old... Because it was like an established band in Arizona. Like it was had members, they played shows, sold merch, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But JR, when he moved to Kokomo for a radio gig... He, uh, I met him and we, uh, 
started playing and flying blind. He was like, I want to be at the band back together. You want to play? And we would do a lot of jam band stuff, like Allman Brothers. Nice. And, um, a lot of, uh, oh, what's the group? Southern Rock group. Oh, gosh. Uh, I can't think of top of it, but anyway. Molly Hatchet. Molly was, Hatchet. Yeah, Molly Hatchet. Um, just a bunch. 38 Special. A lot of cool bands. But, uh, I don't know. There's times I, I miss just doing the old jamming out, like playing eight-minute solos of just, like, on Can't You See You, you know what I mean? It's oh, just, fun. just fun. Yeah. Just fun just go out for a second. The Broadway thing. Right, right, right. I, uh, I, over uh, those Friday night, we played like a cover gig with No Name Blues, and I really enjoyed myself, man. I thought I just thought it was fun. It was definitely like, not, we played originals, and this definitely wasn't like a place to display your originals, because it was more of a, uh, uh people were, you know, trying to get crazy and listen to music that they know, but, uh, uh and Neighbors? Yes. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a, uh, where, you know, people are drinking, party, eating food, play friends in low places, let's dance and drink another Four-hour set? I think it was, we did three. Three? Mm-hmm. How many songs did you guys do? I have no idea. I just, it's, it's like, when we do cover gigs, man, it's like, one after another, you know, and you're like, all right, let's do, you know, we just name it. Um, it was interesting. It was a little, I had fun. I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely, uh, not the type of gigs that I want to pursue to do, you know what I mean? I don't want to do them every day, but... Better than working for the man, better, though, right? Be, better than working for the man. I will say that I, uh, will take making some dough, uh, playing my guitar. We're getting to live... Our dream. That's what I'm saying, man. There's a, there's some people that they they don't really get it. You know what I mean. But it is very rewarding when you get money for playing your instrument. Oh it's yeah. Very rewarding. You're like, man, this is cool. Man, I don't have to drive my fucking car and pick mm. people up. Right. Well, like what we were talking about earlier, I feel like not a lot of people like enjoy what they do. So I feel like that's why they think their life fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Well, as a person who's had multiple jobs, I was I was trying to figure it out the other day when I was on the phone with my sister how many jobs I've had. Mm-hmm. These past 10 years, I've pr- I think I've had maybe 13, 14, maybe 15 jobs. Really? I changed jobs a lot, dude. I, I did not give a fuck. <laughs> There's a couple of jobs that were special and that were good. Yeah. Like working at Wildwood. That's what I was saying. You, yeah. You said your experience at Wildwood was so good. And I'm like, man, that's so cool to hear. Like, I really enjoy what I do. And I, I make money doing it. So why would you not like doing it? You know what I mean? Why would you not like going to work every day? Sure, I love my job working in radio, my side gig. But better than working at McDonald's. Better than, you know, oh, yeah. slaying away. I don't know. I... Getting to play music. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a fun life. I, uh, I enjoy it, and I, I can't wait to do more of it, man. 2019 is going to be a great year. I can tell it is, too. Right. Um, things have been a struggle, really. Mm-hmm. The past 
seven or eight months of my life. Mm-hmm. But now I really feel like things, you know, are, are going really well with the band. Like, we're playing with Emma. Um, you guys sound awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, what day will this be posted? Wednesday, the day of our show. The day of our show. Yeah, because yes. we're playing a show this Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. It's actually funny uh, that, that I asked you to come on because I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was not intentional. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are playing a show today. Yeah, today. Is, this is happening today. It is happening today. When you hear this, it is happening. Yeah, we're going to be tonight. playing tonight. We hope you come see us. Mm-hmm. Um. Who all is playing? Oh my god, there's a couple people playing. Is there's there not? us, you guys, and then there's one other band, but I'm not, I'm not sure who it is. Um, I can't remember. You, uh, what, do you want to look it up? Yeah, I will, uh, I will look it's it up. It's at Springwater. Who, dude, who made the flyer? I don't know who made the flyer. Someone uh, sent us a message on Instagram and said that um, they really enjoyed the flyer, uh, the bird on the flyer, whoever like drew that picture. It looks really mm-hmm. cool. We'll have to do some investigating, and I'll have to tag them in it when I go to post it. For sure, bro. I uh, I think I have it saved here in my uh, in my phone too. I um. Oh, here we go. Anthony J. Anthony J. My man. Are you um, or have you played at Springwater before? I have. Um, we played with a band called the Say Kids. They're really cool. You should check them out. Um, we uh, we played with them, and I think a couple of other bands. And bro, it's such a a legendary Nashville spot. It's uh, very rock and roll. Very diving. Mm-hmm. Black Keys recorded a video there. They did. Little Black Submarines. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do notice at the stage there, like the very front, there's like a dip. Dude, I feel like any point I walk on that stage, I'm about to fall through. <laughs> and then One-Eyed Willie is going to be right below. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I like playing there, man. It's cool. There's something about dive bars that... Uh, it's the right vibe. Yeah, it for sure is the right vibe. I uh, We used to play dive bars in Indiana a lot. And we would do it a lot. Play four-hour, you know... Song after song after song Burn after song. Stripes. Yep. We uh we definitely did that a lot starting out. But I'm excited for the gig tonight. It's gonna be awesome, dude. It's gonna be a lot of fun. This'll be our second time playing there. We played once before and it was a it was a pretty good gig. It went well. You guys came right at the end. You I and Dustin, dude. Destin, yeah, Dustin and I showed up as soon as you guys were, like, playing your last song. Yeah, of course, the final note. That's a typical No Name Blues thing, though. Yeah. It's like, just something would happen to us. Dude, we're not gonna be late. <laughs> yeah. And we're definitely late. That, that's just, like, something, a, a free, like, Kirk and I uh, were supposed to go to McKay's and... We ended up driving out there and it was closed. And didn't even check. That's when I was like classic No Name yeah. Blues. That is classic No Name Blues. I love it though. I fucking love McKay's, dude. McKay's is an amazing place. 
there's a lot of great learning materials musically out of kids. It's people's junks, but it's also your treasure. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. You know what I mean? There's a lot of treasure there now. That's I've gotten a ton of books from my kids. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of things from like, oh yeah, I will definitely read this. I will definitely watch this. I will mm-hmm. use this. Yes. And it's a little sticker on there that says $2. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of music books. Yeah, a lot of music books. A lot of, uh, like, bass books, because they have a whole bass section, because Nashville is just filled with musicians, so mm-hmm. people are getting rid of shit, they just bring it to McKay's. Right. Like, I have stuff from, that's from back in, like, the 70s, for sure, just, like, wow, old, random stuff, you know? Have you ever sold anything to McKay's? I've gotten rid of a lot of shit when I, before, um, remember how I had all those records and everything at my mm-hmm. old place? Because I used to have a lot more shit before, I just got rid of everything that I owned. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold all my records to them. Nice. And I just got rid of them. I, uh, I've definitely have sold some, like, some old video games and stuff to them when I'd like to needed some extra cash. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it kind of reminds me, there is this video game store in my hometown in Kokomo called a game exchange. Uh-huh. And you would, like, bring in a pretty new game that you spent, like, you know, 70 bucks on. You're like, oh, the best we could do is uh, 10 bucks. <laughs> and it was like that all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then they charge $20 right. when you sell it. Right, right, exactly. Just absolutely screw you. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. There was a place... Uh, in Maine, in northern New England, called Bull Moose. Bull Moose. And it's like McKay's. Really? Yeah, different though. Um, it was, there's a, so it's right downtown in my hometown of Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And you go in there, and you could, at first they just had CDs, and slowly they started expanding more and more, and they, and they had records. Nice. Um, and they had a bunch of used records eventually because everybody would just bring in all their stuff and trade it in. So they would trade in their old books, their old records, their old um, CDs. It was a really cool place. It really shaped my music taste a lot because everybody who worked there was a music fan. Also, I worked there for two weeks. Really? Another one of my jobs. For two weeks? For two weeks. Um, but I quit. I was like, fuck this. I don't want two jobs. I'm too <laughs> tired. Wow. Yeah, I bitched out. I, there were a couple times that I worked two jobs. When I lived in Indiana, I worked at a, a chicken restaurant for a really long time. And uh, I worked... Country Squire. Country Squire. I, uh, Great theme song. <laughs> yes. The Country Squire uh, jingle written by... Uh, me, Jamie McGraw, and Mike Spidell. Uh, recorded at Mike Spidell's house, for sure. Shout out to Mike Spidell. He has a, uh, a new rap album that's out now. He uh, sent it to me. I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but go to see Mike Spidell on Facebook and listen to his, his shit. I'm going to check it out, dude. I'm always down to listen he to it. He calls it garage rap. Some Kokomo rap. <laughs> Bro, there are a lot of rappers in Kokomo. Low key, I'm no joke at all. There are a lot of rappers that are live in Kokomo, Indiana. Some that are doing shit, like some that really? like, yes, like some that have a fan base. You are doing somewhat of it. You know what I mean? Uh huh. 
I respect that. Kokomo, honestly, as far as the music scene, like, did Germantown have, like, a, a thriving music scene? No. Not there, at all. There was definitely uh, some form of a music scene in Kokomo, for sure. There was a music scene in Maine, but it wasn't very big. Yeah. There was, I think one of the guys actually from Chainsmokers is from Maine. No kidding. I think he's from one town over in Freeport. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Because he, he went to high school with some people that I that I know that I worked with at this grocery store called Shaw's. Another one of my jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Man. Uh, yeah, in Kokomo, there were a lot of different bands, different genres, too. A lot of people who were uh, country artists, a lot of people who were hardcore, like metal, uh, emo music, a lot of alternative rock, um, just a lot of different things. What do you think it is about Kokomo that gives it that thriving music scene? I don't know, man. I mean... It's definitely, it may have something to do with just, like, history. Like, all what has been through there. Because Kokomo is definitely a town of, uh, it's like a, a smaller version of Detroit, Michigan. Um, little Detroit. Little Detroit, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The town of first. It, yeah, it, it, that's the nickname, City of First. And... For many different reasons. Right, for many different reasons. Some, some good, some incredibly dark. Right. Um, as we did the podcast, the Kokomo podcast with uh, Emily. Yeah, we did. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening, check that out. Yeah. That, that was a good episode. Um, yeah, man. I don't know what it was exactly that, like... Because I, I definitely felt like there were bands there. We played shows with other people, not often, often, but it was definitely optional. You know what I'm saying? And, and not all of them were from Kokomo. We, you know, jam with some bands uh, from Lafayette, Muncie, Indiana, um, Indianapolis, just a bunch of different bands that come all over Indiana. But as far as Kokomo itself, I, I really don't know. I kind of think it's the history that ran in that goes through Kokomo because, like I said, it's like a little mini Detroit. There are a lot of factories there. That's mm -hmm. basically like how I ended up there with my family is because on my dad's side, everybody's from Kentucky, Somerset, Kentucky, and there are no jobs in Kentucky. So he said, I'm moving up north to go work. <laughs> and uh, that's why they're there pretty much. Because so there's a lot so of different, Chrysler. different cultures in Kokomo because of that. People from all different kinds of walks of life go there to get work. For sure. Work, it's very working class. But very much so working class. Um, it's definitely not as thriving as what it once was. But it still is a, I would say, if you want to raise a family. Kokomo is a very good place to raise your family. Maybe one day, my friend. <laughs> Kokomo, Indiana. Perhaps it's in my destiny. <laughs> in the destiny of visiting Kokomo. You should definitely come visit. I'm, of course. Next time we uh, 
we have like a, a long Kokomo weekend when we go back because we like to go back and visit friends and we usually play a show. How far is it? About five hours. Dude, I want to see if Emma and James are down to go play a show up in Kokomo. You would love it. You would uh, con- check out the Coterie. The Coterie. Can we play a show with No Name Blues? Of course you could. We Next time we... Uh, Next time we book something at this place that we always typically... Because the next, the only next Kokomo show we booked is... It's like at a festival and we're uh-huh. opening up for like a headlining, a touring band. Uh, Who? I'm not allowed to say yet. Oh shit, will you tell me after? I will, I will. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I don't think I'm allowed... I don't think I've gotten the okay yet Okay. It, but... Um, be, be, be on the lookout for that. Shiny Penny? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, if I, I think Shoddy Penny wants to do a show with us here in Nashville, and we're about it. Well, I'm it. about it too, yeah, dude. I, I would love to do it. Um, but I, if th- we're doing a really cool show in Kokomo, but next time we uh, book something at this place, we uh, play it called Coterie. Uh huh. We you should definitely come. How how long are the sets? We, it's usually a four-hour night. Okay. Yeah, it's us- we usually get booked for four hours, but usually what we do is, um, for the past couple times, last time we played, uh, Kirk played his solo music, which uh-huh. you, know, you produced. Yes, yeah. And um, he gets to show all his songs. Like That's how we did it the last time. He, uh, he played for a little bit, and then we took off about 15 minutes, and then we just played three straight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the past other several times, we've had like, um, the Garden of Eden, Daylight Centers come out. <laughs> All the mainstays. Right, right. Uh, my girlfriend Becca's, when she comes back home with me and we play a show, she'll do a set and it's fun. You know, we, uh-huh. we get to showcase our friends back in, in Nashville. Dude, I would be honored. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. It, it's, it's really what it is. We get to go back home and be like, look, these are our friends now. These two are our who we associate ourselves with. Check out, you know, check out their art. Where are you going to take me to eat? Where are we going to go? In Kokomo? In Kokomo. Oh, man. I want, I want the Kokomo classics. You need to experience Cone Palace. Cone Palace is, uh, it's like a mom and pop uh, ice cream joint, but they have everything. Burgers, hot dogs. Um, this, this all so- sounds like a, a, John Mellencamp songs. <laughs> yes. Oh, these are all John Mellencamp songs. The Roads of Kokomo's are John Mellencamp songs. Um, B&K is really good. Um, you should definitely try Country Squire. Hog Heaven Barbecue. Martino's Pizza is really good. Shout out to Martino's. They're awesome. Um, oh my gosh. There, really, there are a lot of good restaurants in Kokomo. That when I go back and my family's like, you want to go here? I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, the stuff you can only get at home. Right, yeah. Uh, one thing that I really wish that uh, everyone would be able to experience is Pizza King. Pizza King is like an Indiana thing. Um, it's just like these little squared pizzas that are addicting. And... I well, they might have some in like Illinois. It's but it's definitely like a Midwestern thing. Uh huh. And I've only seen them in Indiana. But they are amazing. 
What kind of pizza is it? It's like like little cube pizza. The way that they, I mean, the way that's the way that they cut it. But it's just. Oh, is it like a square? Yeah, yeah. Is it like a deep dish pizza? No, it's like a thin square. Like the, the way that they cut it is just little squares, and it's just like a regular like supreme pizza. Mm. Um. But it's it's very good. Is it cheap? Yes. Like five bucks for a pizza or some shit. I forget the prices itself. Like Little Caesars? Is it is it that? It's not that cheap. Okay. It's not that cheap. <laughs> so it's not that local. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not it's not as bad as Little Caesars, but Little Caesars is when you're broke but you still want pizza. Exactly. I'll fuck with Little Caesars though. I'll I... fuck with Little Caesars, but you can't eat it the next day. No. You get, yeah. you get fucking diarrhea you will. and you'll yeah. die. As soon as you don't eat it, you just you gotta toss it. That's that's what we really need need to do to combat any kind of wars. That needs to be our main line of defense. Right. Give them day old little Caesars. Right, you're right. <laughs> They'll surrender. That's what the uh, people at like prisons and jail get. They're just like, oh, this is uh, little Caesars from three days ago. And <laughs> <laughs> it's punishment. <laughs> that is the punishment. That's the food that they get when they go in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. <laughs> Have you ever seen Shawshank Redemption? Oh, yes. Of That's course. one of my favorite fucking movies. Oh, a classic, bro. A classic movie. It's one of those that uh, will go in one of the greatest of all time, I believe. Oh, yeah. There will... Uh, Stephen King. Mainer. Yeah, he's, he's definitely from your neck of the woods. I didn't uh-huh. know that until you told me. Yeah, really? I didn't know that until you told me. Yeah, there was, a, there was a kid that I went to high school with that lived in his childhood home. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm, I'm. He's probably possessed by the devil or something crazy, dude. <laughs> well, dude, dude, you want to know something really fucking crazy? So when I started working at one of the apartment communities, I met a guy who was from one town over from where I was from. Oh, wow. Which is rare to even meet someone from Maine down really? here. Yeah, but he, he was like 10 years older than me. So we didn't go to school at all at the same time. He was already gone. He moved down to, to Nashville mm-hmm. um, from Durham, Maine. Mm-hmm. But his dad and his uncles all grew up with Stephen King. They knew wow. Him. What do they say about him? Do they say anything like particular? Or? Um, from what they say, they just thought he was a nice kind of quiet kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was a, a real tight-knit community, very rural. I'm sure. Like, not a lot going on. It's, it's straight-up country out there, dude. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Stephen King, you know, uh, there's this place called Runaround Pond that they pulled a body out of, and Stephen King saw that when he was a kid. And that's <gasps> what? Where, that's that's where the, the story in fucking Stand By Me came from. Really? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite uh, Stephen King Either book, movie. I would have to say Shawshank Redemption as far as movie, or was there a book too? Shawshank Redemption would probably have to be my number one. Um, I'm trying to think of what books I've read by him. I read Pet Cemetery. I was gonna say, bro, I didn't read Pet Cemetery. 
I've seen the movie and it scared me, but I remember my grandma telling me. The reason why I wouldn't read it is because my grandma told me that she read it and had nightmares. It's dark as shit, dude. Mm-hmm. I read that when I was in like the eighth grade or some shit, so I don't really remember it all that much. Yeah. But I remember reading it and thinking, this is fucked up. Yeah. Like, just very... There's something very cold about his writing. Yeah. Very chilling. Mm-hmm. I've never... I don't think I've ever read any of his books. You should check it out. I, I, you're right, I should. I, uh... I also really remember a, a Stephen King movie that, like, really... I grew up with was it. Like, the old school it. Oh, yeah, that shit terrified me when oh, I was a kid. God, it scared me to death. You look at it now, and it's not as scary. Right. But... Uh, the guy who played it, that's, uh, what, what's his fucking name? The guy who played the clown? Yeah. In the, like, the original? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Curry. Something Curry. Um, yeah. Yeah, can you look it up? Yeah, I, uh... Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yes. yes. He was, he was good, man. That, that was impressive for, for that time period. He was really scary. Like, there's something that's really unsettling about him. Right. Um, well, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. The guy who played the new it. Bill, Bill Skarsgård. Yes. Bill Skarsgård. Did you see that movie? I haven't yet. It was really good. I haven't seen the new it. I, uh, there was a period of time when my girlfriend and I would go to the movies a lot. And I, I would catch a lot of flicks. The new relationship. Yeah. And when we first started dating, we yeah. went to a lot of movies. And I, I caught up on a lot of great movies. But we uh, I told her the other night that we should hit the theaters because there was some good shit out. What do you want to go see? Um, I haven't seen uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I haven't seen A Star is Born. Those both look good. They both... Uh, I th- are both nominated for stuff at the Academy Awards. Um, but, man, I really like something guilty about myself that I've never really talked about with people, but when I do, I get shamed in public. I haven't watched all the Star Wars. Yeah, I remember you uh, you telling me that you just started watching them. Mm-hmm. I just started watching all of the Star Wars. I've just been diving in, man. What do you, what do you think so far? Uh, I think that Luke Skywalker's a pussy. Han Solo's a rock star. <laughs> Han Solo is a rock star. Um, but now I'm on the uh, episode two, so I believe it's Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's where I'm at right now in my my trilogy. Star Wars was my first obsession. Really? Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Um, Empire Strikes Back. Same. So far, that's definitely been my favorite. It's just a great, it's like the Dark Knight. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, for that time period, it was really impressive. Um, it's also just fun. I'm, I'm not so much of a geek about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or really into it anymore. But I was really big into it when I was a kid, and I was always excited when there's a Star Wars movie that came out. I didn't see, I didn't even see The Last Jedi, I didn't see Rogue One. I saw the Han Solo movie in theaters, though. 
Han Solo is my favorite character. Yeah, you know, you know the young Han Solo movie that had Childish Gambino in it. I haven't seen it. It was not a bad movie. A lot of people I felt were unfairly critical of it. Yeah. It could have potentially, if they would have, and they ended it with a with a a big reveal at the end. I'm not gonna say what it is. Yeah, spoilers. But an old character. From the prequel trilogy that you assume to be dead is alive. Really? Yes. I think and, I know. And cross paths with a young Han Solo. He didn't directly cross paths with him though. It was it was like a, a tease at the end of the movie. Let like, me ask you this. Okay. From where you know where I'm at, is he already dead? Yes. I think I know who it is. Who is it? Darth Maul. Yeah. Was it, it really? Yeah, it yeah it's, that's exactly who it is. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, uh, I, I'm so far, I, I've loved the Star Wars movies. Yeah, that and Harry Potter. I've I finally watched all the Harry Potters. Oh shit! You never watched Harry Potter uh, growing I, up? I watched uh, Sorcerer's Stone and Goblet of Fire. Then I was like, my girlfriend was like, oh no, you got to see the others. So we just did a marathon, you know. I was into Harry Potter when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like Star Wars, I liked Harry Potter a lot. Um, I like the I like the movies. Somewhere around like the fourth or fifth one is when I kind of felt like I was just like, okay, I'm not into this anymore. Right. I kind of felt like I got a little bit like. Too old to be obsessed with Harry Potter anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of fell out of it with that. But that was something else that I was into. I actually... This is the first time I've ever told this story on the podcast. But when I was in the fourth grade, I won a Harry Potter fan fiction contest uh, at my school. And they read my name on the morning announcements. Really? And I got tickets to go see the first Harry Potter movie. Me and no my family. Way. Yeah. That's dope. But yeah. So we went. You guys said your name on the announcements. Like yeah. 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 In the, in the elementary school. And, um, yeah, I won, uh, I won fucking tickets to go see Harry Potter. Well, and it was the very first one? It was the very first movie. So this is oh, like so the so height of the Harry Potter craze. Like, yeah. It had just broken in America. I had been reading the books. Um, me and my sister both were. My older sister. Um, and we, we were kind of into it. And, um, yeah, we went we went and we saw it. You know, um... Was it, I think it was the day after my birthday. Is it Emma Watson? Is that her name? The place Hermione? Um, yeah. Um, I felt like the Harry Potter movies... It affected her acting career in a sense of, like, she did a lot with that role. She played the role very well. But I also, like, feel like she's doing other things. I feel like with Daniel Radcliffe, he's Harry Potter. Dude. You know what I mean? Well, I I see that, but he has a new TV show, show out that looks really, really, really good. Yeah. It's called... Uh, miracle workers. Really? And he plays an angel in heaven. And they, they make miracles come true. I don't know what it is. It looks really funny. It's a, it's a comedy, for sure. And, uh... Steve Buscemi plays God. 
Really? He's got like long hair. Yeah, it just seems like it's gonna be kind of it's like on network television. Yeah, on TBS. Really? Yeah, it actually Daniel looks Radcliffe. really fucking funny. Yeah, like so I was like, it's Harry Potter, but he seems to be just doing something different. Right. That's just one of those like Daniel Radcliffe is. He reminds me of a uh, a Macaulay Culkin in a way. I can see that. You know he. Uh, he he is fine off Harry Potter, I'm sure. Uh-huh. I'm sure he made a bajillion dollars. You know what I'm saying? Well, it seems like he actually wants to work with it. That, and that's awesome because I do think he's a good actor. Yeah. Um, he's great, man. He's yeah. fucking Harry Potter. He's Harry Potter. Yeah, and he killed it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but he reminds me of Macaulay Culkin in, in some sort of sense. But I really... Uh, Got a grasp of real Macaulay Culkin from listening to him on Joe Rogan. I haven't listened to that one. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. He, uh, Macaulay talks a lot about this. He's like, yeah, I sometimes do a podcast with some friends. and He's just, that dude is just like set from home alone. Yeah, <laughs> forever. Yeah, he's good. When uh, the Christmas goes comes around, you know, I'm sure that dude's getting a paycheck. Yeah, that's true. Every like, fucking it's Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> that, of course, is the way that the world's biggest fucking child star. Mm-hmm. It was a double whammy. Yep. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Christmas in a kid's movie. Every year. It's a good movie, dude. Home Alone. It's an amazing movie. And Home Alone 2. Yes. Which a certain president of the United States of America is <laughs> in. Yes. <laughs> Greatest movie ever. You gotta see it. It's great. Fantastic film. Excellent Macaulay Culkin. Greatest actor of all time. I knew he was destined for greatness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I uh, I learned a lot about him from that episode. And Joe says that he's like, man, he asked him, you know, how did you get your gigs? Like, did you, did you go through him? And he's like, pretty much that his parents did it. His parents, you know, just think his parents are probably like, guess what, Macaulay? You're doing another movie, so that means we're going to get a new house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They would say that to him? <laughs> no, but uh, Joe was like, I wasn't like that. And then he was like, eh, no, not really. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were- I guess it was fucked up, though, because he, he got, like, divorced from his parents or emancipated or whatever he, it's called. He did, because it, it really did get to that. You know, yeah. he kind of, like... To me, it seemed like it was like a path he kind of didn't want to go down, I guess, you know? Yeah, I mean? it's sad. But um, that definitely happened. He, it's, he explained a lot about, like, you know, labor laws with children. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like, he was only allowed to work a certain amount of hours a day until it was, you know, legally too much. Uh-huh. But if you think about it, man, it, he's like a, uh, he was like a Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? Dude, did you hear about the new Michael Jackson documentary that's I, coming out? Uh, I heard a lot of people were very upset about it. What do you think about this? Uh, you know, man, whoever made that documentary, they have the right to m- make that documentary. Mm-hmm. I fully support that. Um... Do you think he's a pedo? I think that 
it's possible. I think that it's possible. I don't know if he 100% was or was Michael Jackson being early me too by children. But I really don't know. You know what I mean? I think I think he was, dude. <laughs> I, think, I think he was guilty. Michael Jackson is one of the greatest artists of all time. You cannot take that away from him. Right. I, I get it. But I think Michael Jackson... Like, the, the when people bring him up and they talk about him and mm-hmm. they talk about that, I say, think about a guy in your neighborhood who was like that. What would you say then? Exactly. Exactly. And everybody always is like, well, it's really like he's a little kid, whatever, whatever. And I say, again, think it, about a guy who's in your neighborhood that right. was like that. He thought he was like that, too, but you wouldn't let your kid go to his house and no. stay the night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if that's the case... That's just weird, That's dude. just weird in, in itself. Like... I, yeah, I agree. And I just... I would understand why the estate of Michael Jackson is saying, hey, this is not good. Because in the sense, it's putting this perspective into the eyes of people of like, he was this bad person. And there was a lot of fucked up details that got out. Like, I, I've not, have you seen it? No, but I just remember hearing this from when I was like growing up. Because it was happening. always in the news about him being like a fucking yeah. pedophile. And it just kind of got swept under the rug. The same thing happened with Bill Cosby too, dude. I know. Because it... That was always in the background. Is like people would talk about Bill Cosby, right, and that he drugged women or whatever. Or something was going on. Like I remember hearing that for a long time. Yeah. So I think in the same way, like Michael Jackson, there's about to be like a big fucking reveal where they put together all the facts. Because what happened with Bill Cosby was Hannibal Buress did a like a stand up. He was doing stand up comedy. And he talked about Bill Cosby. And he talked about that. And then all of a sudden, people started looking into it and bringing it up. And realizing it really happened. Yeah. Wow. I think the same thing's going to happen to Michael Jackson. I think it's not going to end well. And it's going to be a whole big deal. And a lot of people are going to be heartbroken. Even though the facts are all fucking there. He used to give children wine and called it Jesus juice. He had secret rooms in his fucking Neverland ranch. That just sounds like a place where pedophiles would be. <laughs> Neverland ranch, dude. It just yeah. gives me the fucking creeps to think about all of these details. Dude. Right. It makes me uneasy mm-hmm. to hear about it. Like I said, I, I can tell why his people are upset about it. Because there's just less people that are going to be like, I'm not listening to Michael Jackson's music, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think people are still going to listen and not give a fuck. I agree, and that's exactly. I think that people, no matter what, are still, when Halloween comes around, Thriller's going to be on every Halloween playlist. Ironically, yeah. out of all fucking <laughs> holidays. Right. Um, and you know, I feel like, yeah, his music will be cherished and loved forever, but... How do you reconcile those things, man? Elvis was married to a 14 or 15-year-old girl. Jerry Lee Lewis was married to his 13-year-old cousin. Right. His fucking 13-year-old cousin, dude. Yeah. That's fucked. And then, But back then, man, it, that was looked at less harshly. You know what I mean? Especially in the South. Especially in the South. Especially when you are a very famous person. Um... 
the standards have changed. Can you imagine, like, Florida Georgia Line and coming out that one of them married a 15-year-old fan of theirs? That would never fly today. People they would people would riot. Yeah, people would riot. They'd flip cars. Like, <laughs> insane shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. People would go crazy. Yeah. It makes, it reminds me of, uh, I was talking about this with Kirk today, and uh, at my hometown during the basketball games, the student sections would chant to each other, just obscene things, you know what I mean? And I remember the uh, parents of our hometown were like, made like a Facebook group, or like they were saying on Facebook, like, uh... These are what our kids are saying at the basketball games. Real upset. Really upset. And I'm, I saw it, and I'm like, my God, were these people around? Like, this has been going on for years. And they're just now, like, getting together and saying, we got to put an end to this. So, was that Facebook group in your high school, like, while you were in high school? No, this was recent. Oh, shit. This is, like, the high school now. Like, I, What do they say? They're just like, why are our kids talking like this at basketball games like what are the kids saying at basketball games they said like one of the my school was western it said like wuck western or something like Uh that and that just blew my mind because when we were in school we would say a lot worse when we would play northwestern i swear to god we chanted purple faggots (laughs) (laughs) We, we we would literally chant Purple faggots. We played Northwestern, and someone would come over. They got cut, knocking off. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> some vice principal, right, some vice principal. Gosh, uh, you, you can't say purple faggots at the game, guys. Come on, you know what I mean? And if they did that now, if they chanted purple faggots, they'd be on the news. I remember at my like games, whatever sporting events happened, what happened at my school, people would scream. Utah salad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> they would be like, Utah salad. Bro, uh, speaking of Utah movies, have you seen this thing about uh, Ted Bundy with Zac Efron? Oh, yeah. Um, I think it'll be really good, but uh, he's getting a lot of heat. That means it's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a really funny tweet. Uh, this guy was talking about how he was right uh, watching a Ted Bundy, like, esque documentary. Um, and he was watching it with his roommate, and every time, like, Ted would, like, kill somebody in the movie, his roommate would be like, ah, classic Ted. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, why is he taking heat? Um, because I feel like he... It's his character of who Zac Efron is. He is this, you know, gorgeous guy. And all American boy, all American boy that's, that's that is what loved he and cherished. And Ted Bundy was a serial killer, and people are like, "No, you know what I mean." Yeah. I I think that Zac Efron is a good actor. I think he can pull it off. Yeah, I think he'll pull it off well. And what if Ted? But I don't like really know what Ted Bundy looks like back in the day, but I know about Ted Bundy. Yeah. But what if he was a good-looking guy? He was. You know what I'm saying? He was. He was like an. Uh, 
he kind of had that look to him. Yeah. It was well-spoken. Yeah. All of that. Believable. Believable. You, you yeah. Know. That's what's you so fucking easily scary. easily fall in love with him. Yes. And I know a lot of people who fell in love with Zac Efron growing up, you know? Ted Bundy was in South Florida at one point in his murder career. Jeez. He had another tie. They say that, like, he was one of the first serial killers, but something tells me that there's no way. No. One of the first that they probably studied or looked at. Right, and, like, busted down. Yeah. But I feel like there's been people, like, you know... Throughout history. Throughout history that's just, like, been killing motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they could. Just because they could and get away with it. Yeah. It's really weird. Let's end it on that note. Let's, let's end it in a really weird, weird spot right there. That's the end. Josh, thank you for coming on. Thank you, bro. Let's uh, have a good time tonight on yes. the show. For sure, yes. Come out and see us. Springwater, the 30th. And tonight, Wednesday. Anthony J. I'm a Holmes band. No Name Blues. Yeah. Do it.